Welcome to The Dr. Medic, everyone, where I will do my best to bridge the gap between research and practice in the world of helicopter EMS and all of paramedicine. Catch the full effect of these podcasts with all the visuals over on YouTube, but for now, let's get started. What happens when you call 911? How do they know where you are and what are they doing on the other end of the line anyway? The answer and more on this episode of The Dr. Medic. Most of the cities in the U.S. utilize a 911 system for emergencies. I say most because there are actually many parts of the U.S. where a seven-digit number is still utilized to call for emergencies. However, the majority of Americans are covered by a 911 system of some sort, so this will be our focus. Back in 1957, due to difficulty in reporting fires, the International Association of Fire Chiefs recommended the use of a single phone number to report fires. Over the next 10 years, different areas attempted to utilize a single phone number for fires, and maybe another number for police, and yet maybe another number for medical emergencies. It wasn't until 1967, though, that the federal government realized that different numbers were proving futile and that a single number for all emergencies was necessary. Legislation was passed by the federal government, and AT&T set up the first 911 system with the very first 911 call being completed in Haleyville, Alabama. By 1976, 26% of the population had access to a 911 system, rising to about 50% in 1987, and nearly 93% by the turn of the century. Today, almost 97% of the geographical U.S. is covered by some form of 911. To add to this is what we call Enhanced 911, or E911. This form of 911 is a system used to attempt to provide the caller's location to 911 dispatchers. Over the years, this has evolved from simply providing your address when calling from a landline to now being able to triangulate your position when using a cellular telephone and even getting the GPS data from your phone in an attempt to locate the caller. Very similar systems are used around the world with different numbers such as 999 in the United Kingdom, 112 in the European Union, and 000 in Australia. In addition, two very beneficial laws were passed in August of 2019, Carey's Law and Raybaum's Act. Carey's Law references calling 911 from a phone system that would normally require you to dial an 8 or a 9 just to get an outside line. You've seen these phones many times at big businesses, schools, and hotels. Well, back in 2013, a man named Hank Hunt had a daughter named Carrie. Now, Carrie was attacked and killed by her estranged husband in a Texas hotel room in the city of Marshall. Carrie had a nine-year-old daughter that was in the room at the time, and this young girl attempted to call 911 four times and was unable to get an outside line and could not get a hold of anyone at a 911 dispatch center. Hank worked with lawmakers for five years to enact a law that would no longer require the need to dial out when calling 911 on these multi-line phone systems like they have at these hotels, large businesses, and schools. Now, the Raybombs Act was created a little differently than Kerry's law. 
Carrie's law was needed in order to be able to safely dial 911 from a multi-line phone system, but these multi-line systems had other problems as well. First, when calling 911, it is important that the dispatcher be able to immediately identify the phone number from which the caller is calling. This is needed in case the dispatcher or rescuers need to call the number back for more information. Before Raybombs Act, many of these multi-line systems would provide a general phone number to the dispatchers that was not tied directly back to the specific phone that made the 911 call in the first place. With the passage of this law, these systems are now required to provide a dedicated phone number to dispatchers when a 911 call is made. Second, the multi-line systems would normally not have provided an actual location with every 911 call. For instance, if someone called 911 from a hotel with 500 rooms, the dispatchers would not be able to identify which room the caller was in unless the caller told them. And as many paramedics and firefighters and cops will tell you, even the caller can get their location wrong sometimes. With the passage of Raybombs Act, an actual location must be automatically provided to the dispatcher when a 911 call is made. So who is Ray Baum? Well, there actually is a guy named Ray Baum who is a lawyer and a politician, and he worked with the FCC and the federal government on a number of big projects. Well, old Ray died in 2019, and they named this act in his honor. However, the name Ray Baum is actually all capitalized, which means it is also an acronym with Raybomb standing for Repack Airwaves Yielding Better Access for Users of Modern Services. I swear I didn't make that up. You can go look it up yourself. So now the 911 call has made it through to the dispatch center. A dispatch center could be something as small as one person sitting at a desk who's answering incoming 911 calls as well as dispatching rescuers or something very complex with dozens of people and computer stations who are all working on different emergencies at the same time. Either way, once a call makes its way to the dispatch center, a call taker will first answer the call and ask for your address. This happens so that while you are telling them what your emergency is, the dispatcher can be activating the appropriate resources for your emergency through their computer. Oftentimes, callers get upset because they think the dispatcher is wasting time asking unimportant questions when, in reality, they probably already have help on the way. The person who answers the phone is oftentimes employed by the police department for that municipality, as law enforcement typically has the infrastructure already in place for a dispatch center. In smaller systems for smaller cities, this same dispatcher may stay on the line with you no matter what the emergency is. However, in a larger city with a lot more resources, your call is often transferred over to a dedicated dispatcher who is someone that specializes in your emergency. For instance, if you call and say that someone is breaking into your house, the call taker will most likely transfer your call over to a police dispatcher who will then stay on the line with you while at the same time communicating with law enforcement officers who are on the way. But what if someone broke into your house and they stabbed you in the chest with a samurai sword? Well, that would be terrible, first of all, but it does happen. 
But second of all, the call taker would transfer your call to two other dispatchers, one for law enforcement and the other would be a medical dispatcher. Depending on the size of the city or the system, the medical dispatcher may also be a licensed EMT or a licensed paramedic. In this scenario, the medical dispatcher will be sending an ambulance and other paramedics or EMTs in addition to the law enforcement officers that are already on the way. But even worse, what if this guy broke into your house, he stabs you with that samurai sword, and then he sets your house on fire as he runs away? In this case, the call taker may actually route your 911 call to three different specialists. One dispatcher for law enforcement who will focus on tracking down the suspect and protecting the person who called 911, all while also communicating with responding officers. Another one who will be on the phone with you, helping you to control the bleeding from that terrible samurai sword attack, all while also communicating with the responding ambulance. And finally, another dispatcher who will be communicating with several fire trucks as they respond to your house and attempt to coordinate efforts to put out the fire. These 911 dispatchers will then keep their lines open and continue communicating with all three of these resources until the emergency has come to an end, which could be in a few minutes, it could be a few hours, or it could be a few days. This same process could be even further expanded to include things like animal control and even utility emergencies such as gas and power. There are many more details we can go into regarding the 911 system, such as what emergency medical dispatchers are and abuse of the 911 system, but we're going to save those for future episodes. Until then, I hope I earned a like and a subscription, and I would love to hear your comments below about how the 911 system has or has not worked for you in the past. In the meantime, cheers to you all, and I do hope that each and every one of you has a beautiful day.